Well, as you have heard, this is the second Sunday in Advent. Advent means coming. It's where we look back on the first coming of Jesus at Christmas, but it also reminds us to look forward to his second coming as well. So this is the second Sunday in Advent. But according to my chocolate Advent calendar, Christmas is three days away. I don't quite get that, but anyway. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little slow this morning, Jesse. You know, it's... We'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll give everybody a minute to catch up, okay? While you're catching up, turn to Luke chapter 1. Today we're going to celebrate Jesus' first coming. As we look at the Magnificat, as you have heard explained, in Luke 1, verses 46 to 56, this is Mary's song as she went and visited her cousin Elizabeth. Now, you're probably wondering, why is it called Magnificat? Well, it's Latin, and it's a Magnificat Anima Mia Dominum. You got that. Okay, that's your Latin lesson for the day. And it's actually taken from the first words that Mary said, where my soul does magnify the Lord. That's where we get the term magnificant. But we're going to look at it in English today, okay? We're not going to look at it in Latin. Now, to understand what Mary said in these verses 46 to 56, we actually need to go back a few verses to verse 26. So Luke 1, 26, and you know the story well. The angel Gabriel shows up to Mary very unexpectedly, and he tells her that she will become pregnant through the Holy Spirit and that she will bear a son, the Messiah. And Mary questions Gabriel. Um, wait a second. How is this going to happen? I mean, I'm not married. I, I don't know a man. And, you know, this was not a question of disbelief. You know, like, uh, I, don't think, I don't think so. It was more of a question of, all right, well, this is my situation. So how's it going to happen? How is this going to happen? And then the next verse, verse 35, where, you know what, these are probably, these are probably the most important words in all of Christianity. Look at this. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. I say that these are probably one of the most important words in all of Christianity because that lays out that Jesus, who is to be born, would be God himself. The perfect God-man. Because if you take away that, we don't have Christianity at all. 
So that's why I say that I think these words are probably some of the most important words in all of Christianity. Now, I want you to notice something here. This is not something that Mary did. This is the work of God in Mary. She was the recipient of God's grace, the one who God selected to carry out his plan and to bring the promised Messiah into the world in order to provide salvation for the whole world. But, you know, as I was thinking about this, you know, in some ways, this is sort of our our plan too, because aren't we to take the message of salvation to the world as well? So in some ways, this is kind of like what Mary experienced. Now, Wilmer, don't sing a song here, okay? We don't want that. But God interrupts the life of this girl and the wedding plans and says that you are gonna bear the Holy One. Now, I don't think at that time she's able to think through all the ramifications of, of this announcement to her. I mean, she probably knew that her life was going to change forever, but here she is, a teenage girl, betrothed to be married to a man, and now she'd be in the position of being pregnant and unwed. And you know what? Back in those days, it, it also meant it could be life-threatening, too, because Deuteronomy 22 According to the law, it calls for stonings. Joseph would also know that this wasn't his child. And again, that would mean she would be divorced. She would be an outcast. So many ways. I don't know if she had a chance to really think through all those things, but it was going to turn her world upside down. Yet in spite of any fears that she had, in spite of the questions that she had, she said that, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. For a teenage girl to say something like that, that certainly speaks of her maturity. A person's character is revealed by their response to the unexpected. And look at her response. Let it happen to me as you said. Wow. I mean, she didn't argue with the angels about, okay, um, boy, this really messes up my plans. She didn't argue with the angels about, you know, that's not going to look really good in town. Um, you know, she didn't argue at all. Wow. She graciously accepted what God was going to do through her. So after this announcement, she then went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now, I'm kind of thinking that at this point, Mary's, Mary's probably going, okay, who can I tell about this? All right, who's going to believe me that an angel came and talked to me? And, you know, I, who's she going to be able to talk to about this thing? And when the angel said to her, hey, your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant miraculously. I'm sure Mary thought, ah, oh, she would be one that would understand what happened. Well... She went and visited 
Elizabeth. And as I was studying this passage this week, I came across three confirmations, three confirmations that Mary saw and heard that confirmed that what the angel said was absolutely true. I never heard this explained before like this, but it was like, this is cool. This is really cool. Because seriously, how many people are going to believe, if I would have told you an angel visited me last night and told me that I'm supposed to, you guys would say, he's off his rocker. Come on. We know Steve. An angel wouldn't visit Steve, okay? But here, here she goes, and God gives her a confirmation. So any doubts that Mary had in her are totally dispelled. This is so cool. This is just awesome. So as Mary went and visited Elizabeth, she saw that Elizabeth was pregnant. Because that's what the angel told her. She was six months pregnant. There is no doubt. That was the first confirmation that Elizabeth's pregnant. It it must be. It must be true that what the angel told me is going to happen. The second thing that happened when Mary visited Elizabeth is that the baby inside of, of Elizabeth leaped for joy. So there was this physical thing that happened that's like, oh, wait. Something's happening here that Elizabeth had absolutely no control over whatsoever. And you pregnant ladies know that, don't you? That you have no control over your babies moving and kicking and all the things that happen in your womb. I just, but here, the baby leaped for joy, according to Elizabeth. And God used that baby inside of Elizabeth to prove that, hey, Mary is pregnant with the Messiah. The third confirmation that Mary had was when Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, and that she proclaimed that she is the mother of the Messiah. Verse 42, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth, through the Holy Spirit, again, confirmed to Mary that, hey, what you heard from the angel is true. Isn't that cool? Have you guys ever heard that before? No, I I didn't. It was like, but this is neat. This is a confirmation for Mary to know that it is absolutely true. I thought that was pretty sweet. And we're not even to our text yet for this morning. All right, we'll get there. Verse 46 begins our text. And Mary said, there it is, my soul glorifies the Lord. And as she goes on with this song here, 
it is just full of Old Testament references. And I'm thinking that Mary must have been a student of the Old Testament in ways that probably most people aren't. I mean, she really knew the Old Testament. And what's quite amazing is, here's a young teenage girl that probably did go to school. She was working in the house, but yet, could it be that her parents read the Old Testament to her? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how she knew so much Old Testament scripture. But as I will show you, she did. She knew a lot of Old Testament scripture, which is absolutely amazing. So after Elizabeth made her exclamation about, I am so blessed that Mary, the mother of the Messiah, is here. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She starts out by praising God. She just kind of lets out her, her deep feelings that I glorify the Lord because of what I have heard, because of what now has been confirmed again and again and again that the message is true. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. That's actually a, an Old Testament passage. Psalm 136, 23. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. You know, I think Mary was saying, you know, this is something that God's not a respecter of persons. You know, he didn't come to a, a well-known, wealthy teenage girl. He came to a, a humble teenage girl living in Nazareth, which is a little podunk town. Really had no special place on the map, but... God's not a respecter of persons. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, some people might say, well, isn't she getting kind of proud here? Isn't she kind of like boasting that, well, hey, because I was chosen of God, everybody's going to look at me and think I am somebody special. But I don't think that was her attitude. Not at all. I think what she was saying here is that because God has shown me his grace, because God has been merciful to me, because God, it's all of God, because God has done this to me, I will be called blessed. In Genesis 30, 13, we have what Leah said. And Leah said, happy am I. 
for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher, for she had a son. So I'm kind of wondering if Mary was thinking about that when she said that all generations will call me blessed. Mary says, for he, God, has done great things for me. She's giving credit to God. That's what she's doing. She's giving the credit to God. And it's a great reminder of James 1.17, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Hey, it's God who's doing the work. It is God here. It is nothing that I have done. It is God. And you know what? And the same is true for us. All the good and wonderful things that we have, that we have been blessed with, is from God's hand. It is God who has blessed us. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away and empty. Now, how in the world would Mary know that? Think about that. How would she know all those things except for the fact that she was taught? She understood the Old Testament. She heard about the stories of being slaves in Egypt. She heard about the stories of being rescued. She heard the stories of the promised land. And how God brought low the high and mighty. How God fed the hungry in the wilderness. Again, let me say that Mary knew her Bible. At that point, it was the Old Testament. But Mary knew the Old Testament. She probably also knew Psalms 100. Verse five, for the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. I am sure that's what Mary was thinking as, as she said or sang these words. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Deuteronomy 5.15 says this. Remember you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Psalm 89.13. Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Isaiah 59.1, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, 
nor his ear too dull to hear. She referenced the strong arm of the Lord. I wonder if she got that from those verses. Mary remembers what God has done in the past. She remembers the stories that she, she heard, probably from her parents, about what God has done to provide for Israel and to make sure that they had a place, the promised land to go to because of, as we will see, the covenant that God made with Abraham. Verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Again, She is thinking about what she learned, that God has worked and helped the nation of Israel through some really difficult times. And even though they rebelled, even though that there were times where Israel turned their back on God, God showed his mercy and brought them back when they repented. And she is again caught up in the things that God has done because she remembered the stories that she heard. And she ends with, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. You know, God has overthrown the natural order of things, when he brought down rulers, when he lifted up the humble. You know, in some ways, that almost reminds me of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where the things that we think would be the way it is, is is totally different. How he despises the proud, but yet lifts up the humble. It's amazing to think how much Bible Mary knew from the Old Testament. The last two verses, we'll take a look at those. And she's remembering that God made a covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham. And he says, and he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. One of the great qualities of God is that God is merciful. She was experiencing God's mercy in being pregnant with the Messiah because she was chosen. She was part of God's redemptive plan for all generations, which is really neat. And she was remembering the covenant that God made with Abraham. 
back in Genesis 12. That God promised to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. So in generations to come, because of Mary's willingness to say, may it be, may it be to me as you have said. Because of that, Abraham, the covenant that God made with Abraham continued on. And then the last verse to take a look at, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now remember when Mary got there, how many months pregnant was Elizabeth? Six. So if she stayed three more months, she was probably there for the birth of John the Baptist. I don't know for sure, but I'm kind of guessing that she hung around for the birth of John the Baptist. This song of Mary is a song of God's redemptive plan for us. She is giving praise to God for what he is going to do through her for what God has done in the past. And she is just overwhelmed with joy that she sings the song of praise. But you know, the song speaks to us as well because God is a saving God. His purpose in coming to Mary was to provide salvation for all of us. And God's purpose culminated when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then rose again. As I said, Mary was a a model believer because she knew the Old Testament scriptures well. She heard the word from the angel and she believed it. And because she believed it, she poured out this song of praise to God. That speaks to us because, you know what, that's how we need to live. We need to hear the word of God by reading it. We need to believe the word of God because it is God's word to us. And then we should respond as Mary did and say, all right, be to me as you have said, God. She acted on it. She acted on what God, what the angel said. Friends, if you are here in the sanctuary or you're watching online, I hope that you believe in the fact of Jesus Christ, how he is God's perfect son who came to earth not only to show us how to live, but to die on the cross for our sins. And after he died, he rose again the third day 
in proof of everything that he said, everything that he taught was absolutely true. And just like Mary believed what the angel said and it changed her life, believing in Jesus will change your life as well. And friends, I hope that you have done that. I hope that you have trusted Christ as your savior. If you have not, and you're here this morning, uh, please talk to Pastor Jesse, please talk to me. We would love to share with you how you too can have the same faith that Mary had when she believed what the angel told her. If you're listening online, please contact us here at Waterway Church because we'd love to share with you how you can know Jesus as your savior. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this song that Mary sang in response to what you did in her life. Father, I know that there are many of us here who can sing songs of praise of what you have done in our lives as well. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins so that one day we can look forward to spending eternity with you. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for pursuing us to bring us to this place of belief. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.